Welcome to Go For Side Effects, everybody. Once again, I'm your host, Kevin Simon. Y'all all know my co-host, John. How you doing, John? Hey, everybody. I'm doing fine, thanks. All right. So, everybody, I want y'all to know that uh, I didn't really tell John very much about what our podcast was about because I wanted him to kind of be able to ask me questions while I'm doing this. But what we're going to go into is uh, everybody knows what ALS is, Lou, Lou Gehrig's disease. And so, well, I was contacted by a gentleman named David Miller. And I'm really glad that he contacted me. And he is not able to tell his story. Asked if I would be able to tell, tell the story for him because he thinks veterans out there need to be asked or, or need to know, not, not asked. But he has what is called PLS. There's ALS, PLS. And what PLS is, John, is primary lateral sclerosis. I'm not going to say that word again because I will mess it up. But huh. we're going to call it P PLS. Also, I will say it one more time. Primary lateral sclerosis. And the reason I want to talk about this is because what David has informed me about is that a lot of veterans get PLS. And just like ALS is common and go for in desert storm veterans more in desert storm and uh along with ALS and PLS both of them and so you know we hear a lot about Lou Gehrig's disease and you know we're going to get into that a little bit after we get into David's story but Dr. Garth Nicholson sent me a message and he sent something to me that I find this is from the Gulf War Illness Research Center. Okay. Gulf War syndrome or Gulf War illness has been used to describe a collection of chronic signs and symptoms reported by U.S., British, Canadian, uh, the Czech, Danish, Saudi. Uh, Egyptians, Australian, and other coalition armed forces were deployed in Operation Desert Storm in 1991. Over 100,000 American veterans of Desert Storm, Desert Shield, approximately 15% of deployed U.S. armed forces returned from the Persian Gulf after shortly 6 to 12 or more months and presented with a variety of complex signs and systems characterized by disabling disabling fatigue intermittent fevers night sweats uh i'm gonna mess this word up uh malaria malaria yep uh, and th this word is A R T H R A L G I A. So uh, I'll, I'll mess it up as Arthur Guria, I guess, I, uh, how they say that word. 
Sorry, Dr. Garth Brooks, you know, but <laughs> impairments and short-term memory loss, headaches, skin rashes, intermittent diarrhea, abdominal, bloating, chronic bronchitis, uh, uh, confusion, transient, vision. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. Irritable and depression symptoms. You know, this this doesn't, it, it's so much that has affected our body. And in the findings that I've read, it's a complex of many things. Sarin gas, mustard gas, PTABs, uh, the anthrax vaccine, uh, the pesticides inside the what the army wore. Uh, so all kinds of things. But when David got a hold of me, and which really and truly... When he, when he was typing and talking to me about his story, and I want everybody to, to kind of listen to to what what he said. Do you have any questions so far, John, or anything you you would like to say? Well, no, I'm 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 just curious about PLS because I had had never heard about. It. I'm familiar with ALS, unfortunately, because my mother passed away from it, and I'm just curious about you know what what David's experience is, you know, because he's unable to speak for himself. I'm, I'm going to assume that he can probably type okay at this point, maybe, um, because he's communicating with you somehow. So, um, no, go ahead with uh, what what you know about David. Okay. David was stationed in Fort Hood, Texas, somewhere in 1990. He was assigned to the, the thir- uh, 341 uh, Infantry of the okay. first of the 1st Tiger Brigade, 2nd Armored Division in September. We were alerted and prepared for deployment at that time for Desert uh, Shield. Uh, When it begun, and the 82nd and 101st and the 24th Divisions were already deploying after some very long days getting our equipment and others ready uh, for the shipment. We deployed to Saudi Arabia after receiving our equipment and deployed to desert in the northern Northern Saudi. We did a lot of training, maintenance out there. Hmm. When the air war started, we began series of movements up closer to the border. We got word that we were going to be assigned to the Marine Corps task force. Uh, that's right there. It's amazing how the Army and and the Marines work together in in the story. So everybody everybody was working as a team working down. Okay? At the start of the ground war, we went straight into Kuwait. Through the lanes and engineers made, uh, made in the minefields, once we got past the obstacle of the obstacle belt, what what is the obstacle belt? Have you ever heard of that? Um, I, I think what he's just referencing is past any potential mines, anything that's been cleared. This area's been cleared. You know, For you're mines. given a path, literally a path to go through. So, and then once they got past past it, they were escorted. They escorted the Marines to the west side of Kuwait City for those who were rolled up over the t- to the top. 
So when they went to the top and moved into desert north into the desert north of Kuwait City. There uh there we formed a defensive line to prevent more Iraqi forces from getting into Kuwait City. That's where we were when the war ended. Around 1997, I start to notice spasms in his legs. Mm. Long story short, I was diagnosed with a motor nerve disease. My disease is called primary lateral sclerosis, PLS. At the present time, he can he, I cannot talk, and he has to use a walker. Everyone I've met with the same disease are in wheelchairs. I have participated in some group studies with the VA, as well as some of the Defense Department. PLS is a milder form of ALS. Uh, Lou Gehrig's d- disease. Okay. I've learned since then that Desert Storm vets are getting ALS at four times the normal ratio. I can only guess why. Anyways, I want to thank you for setting up this time. You don't have to thank us, David, at, at, at all. And he just wants to get the word out there so he can help people to know what PLS is. Because there's a lot of veterans out there that have PLS that aren't able to tell their story. You, you know, from what I understand, there's not, you know, at first they thought it was genetic. Well, then they found out that it may not be genetic. And I know like ALS and neurological blood work, MRIs, you know, electrogram. Uh, Electromyogram, nerve condition study, spinal tap, lumbar. You mm-hmm. know, that's how they do all these tests. Yep. And so with that, you know, PLS is is a very, very bad disease. I mean, I, I to me, I, I I don't know what else you would call it, you, you know, because it's not curable. So... I, I asked David, I, I sent him a message and I said, hey, you know what? How is the VA, you know, treating you? And he said it didn't take them long to put him where he was completely satisfied with what they're doing. The VA has been really? very, very good to him. Do you know what part of the country he's in by chance? I don't know what state. Uh, that he lives in, but he did say at first he was from Texas. Uh, 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 you know, he was uh, he was at Fort Hood, Texas. It doesn't say where he was from, or but I I I, I know it's up north somewhere. But yeah. but what amazes me is how somebody like David still communicates with everybody. He's on all the Gulf War. Uh, illnesses stuff and if y'all see him out there he goes under david c miller and you know friend him ask him questions people that have pls if 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 y'all know somebody with it you know he seems to be pretty educational in this because he's going through it of course and 
he wanted to tell a story, and I, I wanted to tell it for him. I, I thought that that was important. Yeah, I've I have not ever heard of PLS before. Obviously, like I like I shared, I understand what ALS is, unfortunately. And I'm, uh, yeah, communicating amongst one another is obviously the biggest key um, to how we're able to deal with what it is we deal with. And um, I had done some studies on ALS because I was aware that the veterans, Gulf War veterans, uh, a lot of them deal with ALS. I wasn't familiar with PLS. And I know that my brother and I had talked actually not that long ago about um Obviously, we were a little concerned, okay, being uh, being uh, kids, if somebody passed away of ALS, what's the possibility of us getting it? And children are up to 50% as likely to get it. It's only 10% genetic, um, which I had to do a little bit of reading to try and find out because I'm not a big medical person. Um <laughs> Because there's so much, there there's so much nomenclature that I have don't understand, let alone can pronounce. Um, and I was like, okay, is it high? Is it more or men or women more susceptible? And men slightly more susceptible than women. And after the age of eight or seventy, rather, it doesn't matter. I'm like, well, okay, well, if you, if you're fortunate enough to make it to eight, the, the age of seventy. Because us as Gulf War veterans, what is it? You you uh, shared something I didn't know. We're what is it? Ten percent? No, ten. We're we're aged at ten years quicker, right? Than the norm, the normal person, or the not non-military person, or non-exposed person. Is that correct? Ten years. Yep, about ten ten years. Ain't that crazy? But here's the thing: is it just isn't. ALS, PLS, you know, there's Parkinson's, there's tremors, that everything neurological is what is going on with all of us vets. So mm -hmm. when, when I look at it and, you know, I, I feel very fortunate because, you know, I, I didn't get PLS, I didn't get a ALS, but it makes you wonder in time, you know, is it possible for us to get it? I mean, he got it at at a young age. Yeah, and see a diagnosis. It's interesting that he got a diagnosis at a young age because is P now ALS, it's terminal. You're gonna die. PLS is that terminal? Or can no. you live? You, you you can live. You can live with okay. PLS. According to the studies that I've seen, I've read, I studied up on. I mean, I, I am no doctor. And, or anything like that, you know, um, I could put a link that Dr. Uh, uh, Garth Nicholson put on uh, uh, on our page and let people take a look at it. Because I think people need to read into, you know, PLS, a ALS, Parkinson's, tremors, neurological disorders, because that is the primary issue. I mean, headaches is that that's neurological. Us getting headaches, brain fog, uh, stability, everything. So, with that being said, I, I think when you go to these doctors, and I will tell y'all exactly what my neurologist told me, they only treat the symptoms because mm -hmm. we were exposed to so much stuff.
uh, he goes, they can do all the researching that they want. They're all going to argue which one is what. I'll go with Dr. Gar. Dr. Nicholson, I'll go with him all day long because he helped his daughter. His daughter was in the Gulf War. And so, so about Dr. Nicholson, so I was sharing with you earlier prior to us coming on that this uh, uh, NT factor that Dr. Nicholson came up with, and I shared with you that I had gone, you know, trying it, gone off for, for a while, and I, okay, went back on, okay, no, it's working. So my wife actually, she's like, what do you suppose? Is it something I should try? I said, what's it going to hurt? So here's, here's, I told her what to, uh, um, I didn't want to, I told her what I experienced and she was been on it for a few days and she goes, you know, I think it's work. It's working. Now my wife and I have been married for 35 years. So she was there when I came back from the golf, we have one child post golf and one pre golf. And so you can't get any more, you know, subjected to this stuff other than being, you know, the spouse right after, you know, in the same relationship, whatever. So she believes that this product that Dr. Nixon came up with is also now helping her. So Dr. That's Nixon, good. Thank you very much. I was, I was like, I looked at her, I'm like, really? She goes, no, really? Cause she's not the type of person she's not going to sit there and just give you bullshit. Yeah, no, she's she's a straight shooter. Yeah, I met her. <laughs> I talked to her. <laughs> but no, I, so, I, I mean, I I I think it's important that because you said something earlier that I I did not know until today about your mom having ALS. Yeah. So, so talk to us. Talk to everybody a little bit about ALS. Well, so. My mom was diagnosed. She actually got diagnosed with ALS when she went to Mayo Clinic. So um, in, in Rochester, Minnesota, I didn't know. So what, so I remember what year mom died, was diagnosed with this, but I didn't realize that, that she was given a death sentence when she was diagnosed. I had no idea. I remember when mom, her first thing she noticed, I remember having a conversation with her, it's her big toe kind of got a lot of kink in it and she was having a few problems walking and that was that was where it started and um i i was like oh you know because i i <laughs> i made the comment to her come on gimpy i was joking you know my sarcasm and i feel bad today but mom would tell me now that you know right. you don't know what you don't know and i of course i wouldn't have said that had i understood what the diagnosis was. And mom, I don't recall that mom or dad ever really explained to us in detail what it was. I just could watch her. You don't lose your faculties. You're a prisoner inside of your own body and your body just kind of slowly dies. But you, you know, there's people that get to the point where they can't speak. Um, Cause there is no, there's this, uh, there's treatments, but there's no cure. It's kind of right. like with us, ours, do we know that ours, our diagnosis or our exposure from the golf? No, it, it's not a pleasant living, but do we know that that's going to cause our death? I, I don't, you know, I don't, there's been plenty of people, that, you know, you know, have died and have taken their own life because of this. Um, but, I believe yes. Yeah. Um, so, the ALS, so yeah, I, I remember mom, 
she she got to the point where she liked to do a lot of knitting, a lot of crocheting and that type of thing. She got to the point where she couldn't do that anymore. You know, first she, you know, couldn't walk. And so they ended up in a wheelchair. And then after a while, she ended up to the point where she's bedridden, can still talk. You know, she never got to the point where, you know, having, you know, breathing problems that I was aware of that you can put, you know, you can get help with breathing, you know, just like you can get help with, you know, if you're you're not able to swallow. But I, I don't know that mom ever got to that point. My sister Lisa was there uh, during this time with my mom. So my mom passed away in 2002, three, I think maybe early 2003, I could be mistaken. Um, but yeah, I mean, they don't lose the faculties. They, they know what's going on. That That's right. the hell of it. They completely understand what's happening. And, you know, and I can only but imagine the conversations that my mom had with my dad you know, you, you know, you always tell, you, you know, I, uh, I understand much better as we get older. We tell somebody we love them like your kids, your wife, whomever you love them, because the bottom line is it might be the last time you see them. Right. You know, and uh, the last time I saw my mom, she was in a in a hospital bed in the living room. Uh, the last time I had a communication with her. Of course, then then she would go to the local hospital and give my dad, um, um, I forget um, what the term is for when you're getting, is it respite care? Um, what the term is for when somebody goes and gets help from somebody else? Yeah, hospice. Yeah, well, mom was in hospice, yeah. um, which is a, a phenomenal hospice. I can't say enough good about that. I mean, hospice, I can't, anybody who works in hospice, Kudos to you Kudos because that's to you. a tough gig. I mean, my goodness. Um, but yeah, my mom ultimately died. She ended up having a stroke. Um, that isn't what killed her. It was, it, I mean, maybe ultimately according, you know, but I mean, she had ALS. So, and my mom was adopted. So I don't know the background on my mom's side of things. So that's another right. interesting little thing in there. Mom is adopted. And so we're, I mean, we're looking into trying to figure out um, not that it matters, but it's just curiosity more about her side of the family. Um, learn about the that, genes and all that stuff. Yeah, right. Not that, that, I mean, it's just curiosity. I mean, I, we don't want anything well, other than, Oh, this is who the biological parents were. It's, I mean, mom is mom. Just like if you adopt a child, doesn't matter if they're your biological or not, they're still your kid. And well, um, I found something interesting. <laughs> what's that? I did. I did. I found something in interesting. So, you know, they did the ice bucket challenge for oh. ALS. Have you ever heard of yeah. the ice bucket challenge? Yes. Or cold ass water over your head and all yeah. that stuff. And, yeah. And most people did it in the summertime, bunch of chicken shit. You should have done it in the winter. <laughs> but they raised over $115 million doing that ice bucket challenge. No kidding. Yeah, for, wow. for ALS. And... I, you know, I thought that that was to me, I thought that was very interesting how they went through and did the challenges and stuff. But the the founder and uh, who it was uh, who founded it, you, you know, it's I think it started around August, the, August 2015. OK, and 
it, it was for the ther- for people to get the therapy, for people to get all kinds of things. But it was actually for a military guy. Really? Yeah, I, 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 because me and my wife were watching, and it's on Netflix. Uh, I don't know the name of it. If anybody knows the name of it, please let me know. It's on on Netflix about uh, a mil- military guy who ended up catching ALS, and I believe he was in the Gulf War, and yeah. so it, which was interesting because they could have taken that movie, which a true movie, and taken it up to Congress, and Congress could get off their dead ass and do something. For these guys, but it, it was uh, I'm trying to think of his name. I, I think it was Rick, I I believe. But uh, let's see. I can't find I think his name was Rick, if if I'm not not mistaken. I can't think of his name right off the top of the head. So it started from a military from, individual from a military individual. From everywhere I've found, everything I've looked up and everything, they started it and and they, they made a movie about it. Then they start the Ice Bucket Challenge. And I, I, so, you know, I thought that was really cool that people around the world never heard of ALS until that happened. Now you slash and put PLS, which I know they're two different, but they're both crippling diseases. Yeah, there's I mean, so we need to get the word out a little bit more about PLS with veterans, because from what I've read, what I studied, PLS is more common in Desert Storm veterans than ALS. And ALS is in every nursing book in their last semester. If you don't believe me, go buy go buy the book, because my wife's in nursing school in her last semester. And it brought up go for vets. But what's weird is I, I, I want to get into another topic that's that that is a part of this. Because when we talk about go for vets, I know we're talking about Iraqi freedom veterans being a part of the go for. Our war had a whole lot more chemicals in it. Our war had P tabs, our war had the anthrax shot. That our war had, you know, sarin gas, mustard gas. Their war, and we had burn pits, oil rig fires. They had burn pits, you know, they had sarin gas and everything. And I'm not knocking any one of the two wars, but the Desert Storm veterans, when we go to these places, to our doctors, they're not looking at us because the first thing they say were, you, you were, you were before 9-11. Well, what the Mm. hell does that have anything to do with it? Like, my primary care physician, remember I said, hey, I went in Monday, so I'm going to let everybody know this is exactly what she said. I go sitting in there, and my wife went with me. I'm like, let's see if she gives me one of the paperwork and asks me if I was exposed to any of this stuff. I didn't have to say a damn word. She, She was like, you're already exposed. You don't need that paperwork. You're already in the system for it. Yeah. I was like, damn, my doctor knew that beforehand. Well, kudos to and and and, and Jeremy is talking about well, it's about money, money, money. Yes, Jeremy, you're you're correct. 100 percent It is all about the money. But I I mean 
what we experienced was so much chemicals that each body is different. It's designed different. It's it's done by that, by the grace of God. And but we're our genetics are different. Everything about us is different. So well, everybody's gonna have different problems. Well, and that's and that's that's the biggest thing we talk about, Kevin. Every almost every podcast is the simple communication to one another. Because had it not been for communication amongst us, you know, Wade, you know, and I and I said this before, Wade was the one that turned me on to what he had found out about Dr. Nicholson and the, and the product that he came out with. It was that it, it sounds kind of simple because it is. It's just called communication, but you have to do exactly that. And then once you find out, you have to talk amongst other people to say, this is what works for me. Well, that didn't work. I tried this or this worked for me because every one of us is going to be ever so slightly different. A lot of commonalities, as we know. But I mean, yeah, I mean, the the the, the Afghanistan, Iraq veterans, I mean, it was terrible war. But you're right. They didn't have at least not they have. I'm sure the stuff is still there in the grounds. And only I have no idea what the explosions, you know, what were in the bombs that were exploded that, you know, whether it was the, uh, you, you know, the, the mines that they run over, you know, whatever, you know, I haven't talked to a lot of Iraq or Afghanistan veterans, only a few here and there. Um, but those are exposures were significantly, I shouldn't say, I don't know if that's a fair word to use significantly different. I mean, they weren't in the masses of the chemicals that we were. Is that a fair statement? Yeah. Yeah. Because, wow. you know, cause you're adding in P tabs and all that stuff. Yeah. You know, right. Everything out there. But the, the one thing I will say about, I'm glad though, at least they're being treated fairly more, more than us. I, I, I'm glad for them. Lucky for them. Yeah, uh, you, you know, I, I guess they think, uh, you know, Vietnam and us, it's a little too late for them, but we can try to help these guys out and, and try to get them better. But, uh, I mean, I've I met Iraqi freedom guys who feel left behind on it, too. I, I have. And but and they're considered go for the go for. I uh, still don't have an end date. I, I know that, it never actually ended. Right. But. If you look at the ALS, PLS, the, everything that we're going through, because even my neurologist says he sees more Desert Storm vests than any other veterans. I, I, you, I, neurologist, come on, come talk to us about it. They're, oh, they, they're, he, they said that to you? Yeah. Really? Yeah, he said most of his clients are Desert Storm veterans. Huh. And you're in the state of Texas. I'm yes. in the state of Iowa. And... um. That's it's. I mean, your your state is obviously much larger because of the various bases. Um, so big in Texas. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> yeah, I've actually never been in the state of Texas, but I will be before long. Um, but yeah, that, I mean, you know, and of course, every and, and we we say it often. You know, the uh, across our country, the the um the medical 
attention that's provided by your VA, unfortunately, isn't equal from point A to point B. Um, I've been very fortunate, and and I mean, and I and we've all and we've advocated for ourselves. And you got to push and push and push and push. Now, some people, I'm, I would like to hear the people that push and push and get a lot of resistance, and then finally get through. You know, because the longer stories, the the bigger battles, but but they get that what something worked from somebody, a medical professional. And I'm not just saying, well, it was finally because this doctor realized that there was nothing well, else. Well, you you know, but know what your what what the primary illnesses are and what the secondary illnesses are. Yeah. You know, if you have sleep apnea, if that goes with it, you know, with, you know, PTSD or goes with GERD or, you know, there's secondaries to primaries. I mean, and then there's secondaries to secondaries. I mean, so, you know, that's why a good VSO officer or talking to somebody that's been through, through the system on it. But I, just to let everybody know, if y'all want to research about PLS and and ALS, uh, there's the the Navy Times had a story in it. Uh, there's uh, it's on uh, VA.gov, and uh, you know the the Gulf War uh, Research Institute. You, you know, I, I would go there primarily for my stuff because I'm really going to start looking into the Gulf War. Uh, you know, because I found it at first they said Gulf War syndrome to Gulf War illness to whatever now, you know, because the names keep changing. And now now it's Gulf War burn pits, you know, from what I understand. And so it's like, no, it's just why don't we just name it for what 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 exactly it is? Gulf War side effects. <laughs> I like that name. That is actually really good. I wonder who came up with that. (laughs) Had to be a genius. Had to be a damn genius. And a smart ass. But (laughs) I I, I do. I I want everybody out there to know that keep fighting. Don't stop. If your primary care physician is not doing a good job, scrap her, go to the next one. Scrap that yeah. one, go to the next one. You yeah. can do so, that. So now I don't know how far it's back, been back. There was a gentleman we had on. His first name was Jimmy. And you and I talked to yes. him and learned things. And he had he had Jimmy information. That, yes. Well, Jimmy, um, he had asked me a question, which I got to get back to him. It was like 11 o'clock at night. He texted me. And I'm like, I, I'm, I'm half asleep. And um, you got to you got to keep digging. If you're a Gulf War veteran and you're having a lot of issues, we all want we all the, the, there's not a fix. OK, the best thing you're going to do is treat the worst symptom you got and hope and pray that makes you feel better and. Um, there is no magic one thing. And that I think that for including myself, because I didn't, you know, and I've said this on the podcast before, 
my my therapist said, John, you just got to accept it. And it really pissed me off. I said, I don't have a damn off switch. I don't want to accept it. But I still, because I, I, I don't, it's true. I don't want it to mean, okay, well, it is what it is. Because a lot of us military use that term. And you got to go with it. And you're okay. Live your best life possible. Keep on living the best you can because you're your own worst enemy. Truly, you know, because depression's a bitch. And if you don't, I got to have that something to look forward to. So like, like, uh, like Kevin just said, if you're not getting answers or you're not happy with your provider, go to another one. And some people will say that, that's just not that easy. Say it is again? easy. You, you fire know? their ass. <laughs> yeah. Don't say and go depend- to the next one. You fire their ass and go to your patient advocate. And uh, yeah. you tell your patient advocate that gets you another one. It's it's simple. I know guys that went through five doctors just in my clinic alone where I go. But, uh, you know, I, I, I'm happy with my primary. I'm happy with all my doctors. I know there is no cure for us. Mm-hmm. I know right now there is no one cure for us, but I do know that that can at least help with my symptoms. And yep. now, I mean, now my doctor, I don't know what happened since the last time I visited and they screwed up my medicine. Cause now like, they were like, Oh, Hey, we're going to start seeing you every three months now instead of, <laughs> so I think they're going to make sure my medicine never messes up. So, well, and because you're advocating for yourself, Kevin, right. and you're pissing them off and you're not letting them just, you're not, you're, they're, they're, you're not allowing them to just brush you off. You're, right. you're letting them know you fucked up and I'm holding you accountable. And Hey, you know? I, and Jeremy, uh, you, you're right on this. The VA, uh, risk, uh, they confirmed his conditions and causes. Uh, you're right that I've, I've heard, I've heard that. The last time that I was on that I got to talk to them, I didn't like their answer with, well, there's nothing you're going to have for the rest of your life. Live with it. So I'm not going to go back to another one until they fire every single one of them and start with a new new, new one. Because when I got told that, I got pissed off. I'm like, I, I, I know there's no cure, but you can at least, there there are, there there is, and we're going to have a guy that is going to come on the show uh, and it's a it's about a it's a machine. I, I don't know what the, it's it's a hyper oxygen type machine. It has to do with oxygen going through your blood. I, I'm trying to get him on the show. I'm gonna I'm gonna go through this. I'm gonna do it. I want to try it because from what I understand, it it may not be a. a a cure, but they use it for like really bad diseases that has helped people tremendously. And so we'll get into more of that next time. But I want to thank everybody tonight. Well, before I say this, John, do you have anything else? <laughs> no, I mean, because um, we talk about it all the time, self-advocate, self-advocate. You, and you, um, for those of us that were that have all the issues that we do um understanding that there is no cure and to treat the symptoms is something 
um, that you, whether you want to or not, at some point you're going to have to accept because we were exposed. There's, there's no one thing. There's no two things. It's a multitude. And the doctors, they don't know. Does our government know what we were exposed to? Of course they do. But no shit. What are you going to do? You know? <laughs> but I, and I, I'm going to say, you know, I, I do want to thank, you know, uh, Dr. Garth Nicholson. I, I think if it wasn't for him, we wouldn't really be starting to have the researching that we're doing. But I also want to thank Ross Camp. I think that from what I understand, they're doing phenomenal jobs looking into stuff, doing studies and everything. And and I think I want to give them kudos. And, you know, I want to thank each and every one of y'all for listening. And if y'all please, if y'all know anybody with PLS and, and ALS, Look into it. Understand what they're going through, and you know, support them. Talk, you know, send them messages. I, I just think that's important. You know, I think they want to hear from us veterans. And David, I want to thank you so much for sending me. I hope I didn't chop up your message too much. You know, and you know, John, I want you to have a great night, and everybody will see y'all next week on Thursday. Take care, everyone. Thank you for listening to Go For Side Effects. If you have a story or you would like to share or just come on with any comments or questions, please email me at kevinsimon at go